Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady here with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. I want to welcome those of you who are listening up and down the front range in Colorado and into Wyoming on Grace FM. I also want to say hello to everyone who's listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in. Also want to say hi to everybody who is listening online. So many of you tune in using the Grace FM app. If you haven't downloaded that to your phone yet, you should do that. And you can listen to us wherever you go. And so welcome to those of you listening online, whatever device you're listening on. We're glad that you tuned in today. Welcome to the program. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Here at the beginning of the show is always maybe the best time to call in. We always have open lines here right at the beginning of the show. So it's a great time to call in, 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Pastor Nick Cady. I am the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and I am your host here every Monday um, on Calvary Live, and it's been just a pleasure getting to do this and getting to field questions and getting to pray for people, just an absolute blessing to me personally, and uh, and I hope to many of our listeners. So I, I am the pastor, like I said, of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We are a Calvary Chapel-affiliated church here in the city of Longmont. And where we meet, for those of you who are listening who might be in the Longmont area, we meet in the St. Vrain Memorial Building, which is at 700 Longs Peak Avenue. And so that's right on the corner of Kaufman and Longs Peak in downtown Longmont, just right on the north end of downtown. And we are on the southeast corner of Roosevelt Park. So if you know where Roosevelt Park is in Longmont, we are right on the southeast corner, right on the corner of Kaufman and Longs Peak. And we meet in that St. Vrain Memorial Building at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. And just God has been doing some great things in our fellowship. We're really excited about where we're at and where we're going. So we'd love to have you come join us. If you're in Longmont or in one of the surrounding communities uh, around Longmont, come check us out. You can also check us out online before you come at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And on there you can hear uh, all of our old messages. You can read about news in the church and uh, things that we have going on as well as some of our vision. You can read about our school of ministry. That's something I'm very excited about that we're doing at Whitefield. So any of you listening... Uh, wherever you might be, if you're near to Longmont or Colorado, you know, we have a school of ministry that we've been starting up. We, uh, we're having classes running tonight and throughout this week, and we do it in semesters. So we do three or four blocks a year. And so we're doing a school of ministry right now. So we'd love to have you go on our website and check that out and see if that might be something with which we can serve you. That's our desire. So again, our website is whitefieldschurch.com. And you can also hear me on Grace FM every weekday. We have a show that airs at 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time, 
And that's called Life in the Field. And what that represents is our desire to teach people and, and give people instruction from the Bible because we are living God's mission in his mission field. That's what it means to be a Christian. His mission field is the world, that world that he loves and sent his son to redeem and die for. And so um, we want to train people through the word of God to live his mission in, the, in his mission field. That's Life in the Field every weekday at 2.30 p.m. as well as Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. So if you are late to church if, or maybe you go to church at another time, I don't know. But I always tell our people, if you hear me in your radio and you're at 10 a.m., that means you're late for church, so you better hurry up. Let's go ahead and go to our call-in line. We've got a full line right now, so let's go to Dustin on line one. Hi, Dustin. Hi, how are you doing, Pastor? How's everything? Doing well. You calling from Baltimore, Maryland? Yes. Uh, it's pretty cold out here. We're going to get a, about an inch or two of snow tomorrow, but other than that, everything's fine. Good. <laughs> All right. What's going on? <clears throat> yeah, um... With uh, the baptism of uh, Jesus, when um, John the Baptist said, Behold, um, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and plus when he was getting ready to um, uh, dip him underwater, he said, I'm not worthy to, you know, unlatch the shoes on you, much less. So he knew that he was the Lord, but in Luke... um, Luke 7, verses 19, it says, And John called unto him two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus, saying, Aren't thou he that uh, is come, or shall we look for another? Now, why would he say that when he already knew that he was the Christ? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's actually a really applicable question, so I'm glad you asked it. So, um, you're right about Jesus getting baptized. So, John recognized, you got it. you know, let's go all the way back. Let's go back to the beginning of Luke's gospel. You know, I think this is the, I think that John's parents, Elizabeth and Zacharias, are really the two unsung heroes of Christmas. Like when I spoke on Christmas this past uh, Christmas that just happened, I spoke about um, Zacharias and Elizabeth because I feel like they get overlooked in the retelling of the Bible, of the Christmas story in our culture. You know, in our culture, we always talk about, we give a lot of airplay to the shepherds and the angels and Mary and Joseph, of course, and the wise men and, you know, the fluffy sheep and the the donkey and everything. But we always seem to leave out these characters who, in the Bible's reading of the Christmas story, are super important. And they are Elizabeth and her husband, Zacharias. Now, we know that Elizabeth was a relative, some kind of relative, probably a cousin of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And really, the Bible portrays the Christmas story as a story of two women and two men, so two couples, and then two children. And they, it says they grew, they grew up knowing each other. You know, Zacharias most likely lived near Jerusalem because he was a priest, and the priest served in Jerusalem. And so, you know, you can imagine that, you know, seven times a year, Jesus, as a faithful Jewish person, Joseph and Mary, as faithful Jewish people, they'd go down to Jerusalem for the festivals or the feasts, and they're probably staying at the house of Zacharias and uh, Elizabeth. And so these kids grow up as, you know, second cousins or third cousins. And they know each other growing up. And their parents also remember that time before they were born when an angel appeared to both of them and told them, you know, separately, told Elizabeth and Zacharias, hey, you're going to have a baby. And this baby is going to be the one who is prophesied to prepare the way for the Lord by bringing people to repentance uh, in preparation for 
the Messiah, the Savior of the world to come so that they'll receive him, so that they'll know they need a Savior so that they'll receive him as Savior. And then, you know, an angel shows up to Mary and Joseph, of course, and says, hey, you're going to have this baby, and it's the, it's the Messiah, the one that's been prophesied forever. Right? And so all I'm saying with that is to say that these guys grew up knowing who they were. And so then uh-huh. when John sees Jesus coming, you know, it's, it's obvious that he's surprised. You know, he's like, wait a second, why am I baptizing you? This is a baptism for repentance. You should be baptizing me, you know. But then Jesus says, no, I, I want to submit. I want to obey and I want to set an example. So he gets baptized. You know, the father says the father spoke from heaven and the Holy Spirit descended on him as a dove. There you see a picture of the Trinity. Now, if you're not convinced that Jesus is the Messiah by that itself, I don't know what it would take, right? But then, so what is, what's going on there in Luke, uh, what was the verse there, Luke 7? 7, yeah, I think 19 or something like that. Yeah, here's what's going on, is that Luke's having some doubts. And I think that's why it's so applicable, because it's applicable to me and you. You know, there's probably a lot of our listeners, you know. You have these no, times. So Luke is the one that's um, uh, doubting or something like that. It's not John. No, no. I think it is John. No, it, it's absolutely John. So here's no, yeah, Luke's be, just telling the story. Yeah, yeah. Luke's so, just telling the I mean, story. So, so why, why, if he already knew that he was the Christ, why would he say, "Shall we? Are, are you the one, or shall we look for another?" Well, and that's the part that I'm saying is so applicable to me and you and maybe a lot of our listeners, is that you'll have times in your life where you say, man, all this evidence of God's existence, his love for me, his care for me, how could I ever deny that Jesus is who he says he is, that God is real? And then you'll have other times in your life where even after something incredible like that, where you might end up saying, man, I don't know, you know, I don't know. Is it, is it really true? Is Jesus really the Savior? Is he my right, Savior? Right. And I think that's, that's what it's reflecting. Now, why did John doubt? I think that's um, also clear from the text. So the reason John doubted whether Jesus was the Messiah was because Jesus, in a lot of ways, didn't do the things that everybody expected the Messiah to do. And so well, I think that's that, why he sent. He told the disciples to send back word about how he's uh, done miracles and how he's risen the dead and casted out demons and everything. Exactly, and those weren't just like, "Hey, I've done some miracles. Here's some examples." Those specific things that he mentions there in John seven, or I'm sorry, Luke seven, that he's done. Those were things which were prophesied about in the. Old Testament than the Messiah would do. And the most incredible of those, uh, sp- like for a, a person like John to hear, would be mm-hmm. the one about um, healing lepers. I mean, he, raising the dead's a big deal, so maybe that, that might be the big one. But healing right. lepers was a big one because uh, up until the time of Jesus, you know, it was said that no one had ever been healed of leprosy. And then Jesus comes along and he heals people of leprosy. That would be a huge deal. That's like saying there's no cure for cancer, and then this guy just came and cured cancer, right? Right, right. So, um, yeah, and so, but I think that's really a good question you ask because it's so applicable, and that is this very important fact that even John the Baptist had had doubts. 
And with that, if yeah, John the I mean, Baptist you wouldn't that, think that, like when you just got done saying about how he's seen the heavens open up and the <laughs> the doves appearing and everything, and you know, I mean, and just the Holy Spirit being upon him and everything like that, you would think that you know that that would seal the deal right there. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, and I, and I would just say this, you know, to you or maybe any of our listeners, you know, who have doubts, I would say, you know. Having a having doubts is actually inherent to having faith, because right, you know, right. like I, I'm actually teaching Hebrews chapter eleven. I'm start. We've been teaching through Hebrews at my church, and I'm going to teach through Hebrews eleven, and it begins with this phrase: "Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen." I mean, so right. that's that's the thing. Faith is when you go beyond what you can see and what you can know by reason and empirical knowledge, and you you have to trust, right? And so, um, so for John the Baptist to doubt, that should give you and me some encouragement that hey, when you have moments of doubt, <laughs> that even John yeah. the Baptist doubted, and they grew up together. And if anybody should have known that he was the Christ, it should have been John the Baptist. Right, right. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I. I appreciate your insight and whatnot, and uh, God bless you. Awesome, Dustin. God bless you. Thanks for calling in. Okay. Bye-bye. Right, take care. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Longmont, Colorado, from Whitefields Community Church, taking your calls and texts on the air. We just had a question about Jesus uh, and John the Baptist doubting whether Jesus was the Messiah. Great question. So glad for all of our callers. There's one open line right now. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Let's go to Drew in Fort Morgan, Colorado on line two. Hi, Drew. Drew. I think we lost Drew. Let's go to our next caller. On line three, Desiree in Thornton, Colorado. Hi, how are you doing, Pastor? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. I have a question. A qu question. Okay. Um, the other about a week ago, I um, I had this well, I had this long addiction. Um, I've been taking pain medicine for a long time, and I said, once the Lord would take it from me, it's done, it's over with. And so I lost my doctor, and I was crying, I was talking very stupid, very foolishly. Um, I, I was talking dumb, saying I was going to do something that I would never, ever do. And then all of a sudden, I was looking up in the sky, and then through the trees, I seen the shape of Jesus with thorns in his head, and then I started looking really good to make sure, to make sure what I was seeing was I seen what I was seeing. And all of a sudden, I fell on my knees, and I looked over and I seen another vision of Jesus standing there with a smile, like he was at peace. And um, from that day on, I have not took no kind of pain medicine. I'm clean. No, I didn't even have um, a problem with detoxing. No kind of nothing. I just feel so free. And my sister thinks I'm crazy. And she's talking to different pastors saying that if I would have seen that vision, I would have dropped dead. But I know what I see. Mm. Well, you know, Desiree, there are a lot of people in the Bible who saw visions and lived to talk about it. And so 
uh, I'm, you know, I don't see any reason why having seen a vision like that, especially a vision that that has so much good fruit in your life as a result of it, I, I can't see uh, why something like that uh, would be questioned. You know, Paul the Apostle had a vision of Jesus. Um, you know, you look at the Old Testament, you had people who had dreams and visions. In the book of Joel, it says that in the last days, which then in the book of Acts, it tells us in these last days, so, you know, from the time of Jesus' ascension into heaven and Pentecost, we're living in the, what you call the last days. And he says in the last days, you know, people will dream dreams and have visions. And so I, uh, I have no reason to argue with you about what you saw. In fact, I would just celebrate with you the good fruit of this experience. Um, but I would tell you this. Um, in addition to this, I want you to go and get in a, in a church and hear the Word of God and be taught well and get grounded in the Word of God. Because here's the thing. You know, visions and experiences, they can only take you so far. You know, they can, do, they can get your attention. God can speak to you. But you need to, to in order to grow and get grounded. But that's and, what I'm lacking is fellowship, because I read yeah. my Bible 24-7, meditate my Father God in the name of Jesus. I get fed through your radio station every day, every mm, day. Great. But I do not got fellow. I do not, I don't have no kind of fellowship. I had that experience every time I go to church. I Something ugly, negative happens. And um, I'm lacking that, and I would please ask if you could pray for me that I do find a church that um, I could get grounded. Yeah, are you in Thornton? Is that yes, what I, I saw? Am. Yes, I am, Pastor. There's a great church in Thornton. My friend uh, John Nunnally is a pastor of it. He's actually on Grace FM. So it's called Legacy Christian Fellowship. And, yes, um, I, I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> I've okay. been there. Beautiful well, church. Yeah, yeah. the beautiful church. Great. And um, just, um, I have called and I have talked to a pastor because that's something that happened there to me. But um, like the pastor says, it's what what it is, Desiree, that you're trying to find everything to keep you out of fellowship. So I'm going to go to church Wednesday and I'll be there Wednesday, but I, I need to be in fellowship and that's what I'm lacking. Yeah. I'm lacking that so bad. Well, I'm so glad to hear, though, that God has got a hold of your heart and your mind and that he's bringing you out of this addiction. And, uh, you know, I just want to see you succeed as we move mm -hmm. forward and yeah. continue. Yeah. So that's why I really want to encourage you to to do that, to take that step and go get involved in the fellowship over there and, you know, be studying the word of God and be in fellowship with other people, you know, who can share in your life and help you to become the person who God uh, wants you to be. So, oh, thank you. Yeah, well, let me pray for you, and then we'll let you go. All right, thank you. So, Heavenly Father, thank you for Desiree. I thank you, Lord, for what you've done in her life, Lord, bringing her out of addiction. And, Lord, I pray that this would be a lasting thing, that this wouldn't be uh, a momentary thing or, or a thing that uh, only lasts for a time. Lord, I pray that this would be a lasting change in her life. And, um, Lord, I pray that you would... You would continue to keep her and hold her in this place of health and um, and not being addicted and being set free from addiction. 
So, Lord, would you bless her? Would you guide her? I pray that as she goes back into fellowship, Lord, that you would heal her wounds that she might have had in different places. But, Lord, I pray that in the, in the end she would trust in you. So the fact is that ultimately every person on this earth will disappoint us if we are uh, looking for them to meet our greatest needs. Lord, you're the one who will never let us down. You'll never disappoint us. So, Lord, thank you that we can know that about you and we can trust in you. And Lord, I pray for Desiree that she would get grounded in your word, that she would be like a tree planted by living water. Its roots go deep. And uh, I pray that you would bless her very much in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. you, Pastor. Have a good yes. day. Thank you for calling in. God bless you. All right. You are listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church on the air with you today, taking your calls and texts. We have all open lines right now, so you can call in. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line one where we've got Michael in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Michael. Hello, Pastor. How are you, sir? Doing well. What's going on? Well, I don't know. Um, I'm feeling out of sync spiritually. Mm-hmm. I I know as as a as a as a man walking on this earth, I can't do a hundred things hundred things a hundred percent the way that uh, that the Lord calls us to do things. That my flesh is always going to be an interference. Mm-hmm. But I'm feeling out of sync. I'm not. I'm not walking in the joy or it, or in the peace that I'd like. And and I really don't know what to pray about. God knows what's going on with me, but I don't know what's going on with me 100%. Other than the fact that I have to do better in my disciplines to pray and to read the Word and to just uh, praise God and, and keep thanking Him for what He's doing for me. But other than that, I'm not... I'm just feeling out of sync. Yeah. Well, here, here's one thing I want to tell you is that, um, you know, you mentioned that you feel like you're out of place with your disciplines. I do think that spiritual disciplines are really important. But you know what I will tell you is really important is that, you know, we're not only saved by the gospel. So being, I, I like to put it this way when I teach my church. I like to tell them, you know, the gospel message of Jesus and his death, who he is and his death, that's not the ABCs of Christianity. That's the A to the Z. Meaning that that's not just where we start and then we move on to spiritual disciplines. Because right, this is how some people think about how Christianity works. That So you believe the basic message, right? Like God loves you. Jesus died for you to forgive your sins if you trust in him. So they say, okay, I trust in him. And they say, okay, what do I do next? And then they, they'll say, well, you, you uh, next you do these disciplines. You know, you whatever those disciplines, read your Bible, pray, you know, go to church, these kind of things, right? Go to fellowship groups. And I think that those are all really good things. But I think that, and I think they're actually really accurate. Like that's super accurate. We should do all of those things. But here's the thing that I I think sometimes gets misconstrued in, in how we do that and communicate that is that we say that you move on past the gospel and you focus then on what you need to do, right? Like you accepted already what God did for you. Now you need to focus on what you need to do. And uh, and what I would encourage you in, as you say that you feel out of sync, I would encourage you to 
not focus so much on what you need to do. Rather, focus all the more on Jesus and what he did for you. See, I think that is the thing that will always bring you to a place of worship, of adoration. It will cause you to grow. It will cause you to actually feel motivated to worship and to serve. If you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, you know, I keep mentioning to our callers that I've been teaching through uh, Hebrews uh, on Sunday mornings at my church in Longmont. Well, you know, this is really the huge message of the book of Hebrews. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on him. Meditate. Let it just soak into you who he is, what he has done. Just stew in that and let it have its effect on your life and see how it transforms you. Focusing, fixing your eyes on who he is and what he's done for you will absolutely transform your life. And so I would just encourage you in that, and I hope that that helps. The other thing I would encourage you in is I I hope that you have just a, a good fellowship of believers that you're a part of, people who can encourage you, who know you, and and who can pray with you, and who you can do life and ministry with. And the last thing I'll say to you is one thing I've found in my life, when I feel like those times where I feel stagnant, when I feel dry, I've found that a lot of times, um, you know, if there's no outlet, if I'm not serving, if I'm not giving out what has been put into me, then I can begin to get sick and bloated and kind of dry and stagnant. You know, the picture that we pastors always use, we, we like to talk about the difference between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. You know, they both have the same input. The input of both of them is the Jordan River. But the difference, you know, the, the Sea of Galilee is teeming with life and it's full of fish and, uh, and the Dead Sea is the deadest place on earth like there is no life and there's nothing that lives in the dead sea and so what's the difference between the two well the one is that the sea of galilee has an inlet and an outlet and the dead sea only has inlet but it has no outlet and so therefore it's dead so if any of those touches base with you or any of our other listeners i hope that it can be helpful so would you please let me pray for you let me let me let me tell you one more thing, Pastor, sure. if, you, if yeah. I could. Yeah. I've been dealing with other people. I'm I'm homeless. I live around town, around Denver, and I've had I've been dealing with other with other homeless people <clears throat> around my in my community here. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm it's come to the point that. I'm 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 helping some of them get to church with me on a on a Sunday night because we do our church services in the evening. We're a new plant church, so right now we're doing our we do our church services on Sunday evenings. So I get I, I take who I can with me to church, and I'm I'm doing my best to to minister to their needs. And sometimes I wonder if I'm just if I'm ministering to the, to them out of, uh, uh, let's use the word religious duty, or if I'm doing it out of actual agape love. Cause sometimes it's hard for me to have a right attitude when I, when I do things, if you know what I mean. And I care about these people, but sometimes I have to question my motives and what, and, and just how close I get to their situations before I have to draw a line, you know? Yeah. Michael, I'm going to have to let you go in just a second because we're coming up on a break in one minute. 
But uh, I appreciate you saying that, and I would like to pray for you before we go to break. So let's go ahead and do that now. Sure. Heavenly Father, I pray for Michael and just this sense that he's feeling dry and also questioning his motives, if he's just doing things out of rote duty or if he's doing them truly with a pure heart. Uh, Lord, I know that there's a time and a place for doing things out of duty because, uh, Lord, you did things even when you didn't feel like it. You, uh, you went to the cross even though you didn't desire to. And uh, in, at least in the moment. So, Lord, I, I pray that you'd give Michael a sense of desire to serve these people, a vision for what he's doing by doing this uh, thing. And you just refresh his vision, refresh his energy and refresh his walk with you. Lord, I pray that you would enliven his prayer life. As your word says, Lord, that your spirit, when we don't know what to pray, your spirit intercedes on our behalf. So I thank you for that. And I pray that you would bless Michael in that way and in his service to you. And we pray that in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Michael, for calling in. All right. God bless you. We have come up on our halfway point. We're going to go to break now. We'll be back in two minutes. You're listening to Calvary Live. I am Pastor Nick Cady, and we will be right back after this break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady here with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life, or if you have a prayer request, we'd love to hear from you. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Before we get to our callers, just remind you, I am the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. If you are in the Longmont area, I'd just like to take this opportunity right now to personally invite you to join us. This coming Sunday at Whitefields, we meet in downtown Longmont at 700 Longs Peak Avenue in the St. Vrain Memorial Building, right on the corner of Longs Peak Avenue and Kaufman Street. And so you can find directions or more information, listen to our teachings online at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. Let's go to our call-in line where we've got David on line two in Denver, Colorado. Hi, David. How you doing? Doing well. What's going on? Oh, I was listening to the discussion earlier, and I realized that probably 20% of my friends are Christians that don't go to church, and it always comes down to uh, them saying that they didn't feel comfortable. And I, I just wanted to bring it to the forefront of people's minds that when they go to a church for the first time, they're going to be uncomfortable not knowing what they're walking into, or there's always a uh, a, uh, a reservation about all new experiences, and I think people scare themselves off before they get a chance to really get involved. Mm. And I don't know. I just I wanted to bring that to the forefront of people's minds. If, if they don't have fellowship, they're really missing out on a lot of good things. Um, and I'd like to encourage them to go to a church, give it four visits, 
you know, you're not going to feel comfortable even the second time. But you you you, you got to trust that God's got you going someplace good. And uh, it, it, a lot of my friends just don't go to church because the first time they get there, something wasn't right. And I, I really hate to see people miss out on such a good experience that they could have. Yeah. So, yeah, David, I think you're right on. I agree with you. You know, the thing I would add to that is that, you know, as a pastor of a church and as a leader of a church, I think that churches need to make sure that they keep this in mind, exactly what you're saying, that uh, there are a lot of people out there who they it's almost like they would go to church, but they've had bad experiences. And so, you know, I know that every church that I know um, that I'm close with the pastor, I know the leadership of the church, their desire is to create an environment that people can walk into and connect with God and, and get plugged into, you know, and, and so that's totally the desire of the church is we, we want to remove all the barriers, you know, that are unnecessary. You know, some things we absolutely don't want to remove. We don't want to remove the gospel. We don't want to remove, you know, the, the truth of God's word. But, you know, I guess you put it this way, like the unnecessary uh, offenses, you know, like yeah. not, not greeting people well or not explaining what's happening in the service. Those are that's low hanging fruit, man. We should be able to take those things and uh, and fix those. So but I mean, even at that point, yeah, you know, unfortunately, we're flawed people and there will always be something if people are looking for it that they could find wrong. So. I agree with you, man. I think that I think it's super important that people be in church. Again, I'm going to go back to what I keep talking about because it's just so fresh on my mind is that I've been teaching through Hebrews and there's this very important exhortation in Hebrews where he says this. He says, this is in Hebrews 10, starting verse 23. He says, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works and not neglect the meeting of ourselves together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see that day drawing near. And so what this tells us is that, uh, you know, God absolutely does want us to be in church. One of the, I love to do this study where I say, you know, where people are kind of like, you know, I like God and stuff, but I'm not sure about church. Well, I say, well, the thing is, though, that God really... He invented the church. He established it. And not only that, he calls himself the head over the church. In fact, he loves the church so much that one day, you know, he wants to marry it. That we're his, his bride. And, and one day at the marriage supper of the Lamb, he's going to make us his own. You know, that's how much God likes church. And, uh, you know, Jesus, we see him in the book of Revelation. He's walking amongst the churches. In the book of Acts, Jesus goes and he, he establishes the church and then he sends out his disciples to plant more churches by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he causes those churches to grow and to multiply. So, I mean, clearly God is a big fan of church and, uh, and therefore we should be too. But I, I agree with you. Sometimes there are things that cause people to, to shy away from church. I do security at my church, and my, well, just about everybody I know says I'm pretty scary looking if I'm not smiling. Do you have so, a good face for radio? That's what people say about me, too. <laughs> I do. I yeah. do. But um, I've made a habit of when I send foot onto church property 
I just start smiling and I say good morning to everybody I run into. I mean, sometimes I sound like a broken record. Good morning, good morning, good morning. But I think what that does for the people around me is way more than it's going to cost me. So, I mean, when you get, no matter what your mood is, when you get to church, just smile. There's always a reason to smile. So, you know, encourage those people that you don't, that you don't see on a, on a usual basis or first time, but, uh, you know, try to make them feel welcomed. And if you don't go to church, on a, if you don't have a home church, find a home church. Yeah, that, That's all I can do is encourage. There's some great resources out there. Of course, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm biased because I know Calvary Chapel, and I, I know that uh, they have a bunch of churches in the areas where we're on the air. So people can go to calvarychapel.com, look for the church finder. You can find a church on there. Um, you know, or you can go like Calvary Aurora, who hosts this radio station. Uh, they have a church listing and uh, they have a church of recommended churches. So I would recommend people to do that. Hey, Michael, or uh, David, before I let you go, I'll just tell you, I read this interesting statistic about church attendance, and uh, I always tell people in our church about this because I think it's really encouraging, and, I, and maybe it is for many of our listeners. And the statistic said that they polled all these people, and they said, you know, how likely would you be to go to church if a friend of yours personally invited you and, and you know, you could go along with them? Because like what you're saying, uh, David, is that people, you know, it's, it's sometimes pretty intimidating to walk into a new situation on your own. And so what they yeah. said is if a friend invites you, how many people would be willing to go? And it was, it was a really high number. I know that on Christmas, the number is like 75% of people who don't go to church said that, yeah, they'd be willing to go to church if somebody invited them and took them. Um, and, and when it's not holidays, you know, the number's still around 50%. So you've got like a one in two chance of success. If you ask, if you, if our listeners invite a friend to go with them to church, if you're a church goer, um, if you're not and you're looking for a church, talk to one of your friends. That's actually how I found my church when I was 16 years old and I got saved through a friend of mine and I just started asking around, hey, who knows of a church? I ended up uh, finding a church, a really great church and and it was a, it's been a huge blessing in my life. So, hey, thank you, David, for calling in. I'm going to let you go. God bless you. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, here on the air with you today, taking your calls and texts. We've got two open lines right now. It's a good time to call in if you would like to be on the air. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720 336 0897. Let's go to line three where we've got Denise in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Denise. Hello. Um, I have a question. I've been reading through the Bible, started in January this month, and mm-hmm. came in to the book of Ex- Exodus, and in chapter 33, where Moses talks to God, there's a verse that says, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. But then as I go into the end of the chapter in uh, verse 20, um, God says, but he said, you cannot see my face for no man can see me and live. What is the 
translation, I guess, of face-to-face in verse 11 compared to verse 20. Yeah, so here's, uh, here's yeah, your issue. I see what you're saying. Uh, I just taught through Exodus, so I'm trying to recall what, um, what I taught about that. And so I, there are two possible ways to understand that. Um, here's, here are the two possible ways. On the one way is that you take face-to-face as a idiom or a colloquialism, a, a saying that we use, right? A common mm-hmm. saying. Uh, where you say, you know, we spoke face to face, meaning, you know, you and me, um, we spoke face to face. Now, does that mean that we actually put our faces next to each other? No. It might mean that we actually spoke in person, like, you know, we are physically both present in the same space and facing each other when we talked. Now, the thing that's interesting about God, of course, is that God is spirit. So does God have a face per se? Well, not really, you know. When we have Jesus, what we have is we have the image, Colossians tells us, the image, the express image of the glory of God. You know, Hebrews chapter 1 tells us the same thing, that he's the image of the invisible God. So we have two options. Option number one is that when it says that, it's kind of just using a euphemism, a colloquialism, that type of thing. It doesn't literally mean that God has a face and he stood and spoke to Moses and they talked to each other in that way. Now, that would make sense because what it's saying is that God talked to Moses, like God spoke to him as a person speaks to their friend. So we could understand it as a euphemism, as a colloquialism. The mm-hmm. other option is that this was actually a Christophany, which is a pre-incarnate, well, it's, a, it's an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament before his birth as a baby in Bethlehem because we know that Jesus, as God, existed before he was born as a baby in Bethlehem. He's existed since eternity past. You know, the Bible says mm-hmm. that he created the world, right? So mm-hmm. um, yes. so that's the other option, is that this is another appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. Um, I would say that we have many of these. You know, we see them in, in Genesis several times. We see them in later books of the Bible as well, in Joshua and Judges. And so... Um, my own personal leaning on this is that this is meant to be a euphemism. It's meant to be um, an idiom about mm-hmm. how they spoke. Um, but I'm not going to cancel out the option that this might have been an actual Christophany. Now, the reason okay. I tend towards the idiom is because then it says that he says, let me see your glory and God let him see the tail end, you know, the afterglow of his glory up there on the mountain in the in the next section. Uh-huh. So that's my take on it. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that. thank you for that explanation. I, w- I was just kind of like, oh, why, you know, does it say one thing and then it says the other, you know, where right. you cannot see my face. You know, why they chose that word. And maybe back then that was the word that they used, or, you know, whatever Greek or whatever it was um, that they yeah, translated mm-hmm. out of. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You bet. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady taking your calls and texts on the air today from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. If you would like to be on the air, we have two open lines right now. You can call in at 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Laverne in Fort Collins, Colorado. Hi, Laverne. 
Hi. Uh, I have a prayer request regarding a member of our church. Sure. Uh, he's uh, been diagnosed with an aggressive form of brain cancer, and he has started radiation plus chemo through pills. But uh, in the time that they took the first biopsy to even this current ye- yesterday, it had grown an inch and a half already. So it's really an aggressive form of cancer. If uh, you could lift uh, this gentleman and his family up in prayer, I sure would appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's pray for him. Heavenly Father, we pray for uh, this friend, this uh, brother in Christ, Lord, uh, who's got brain cancer. Lord, we, we our hearts go out to him. We know that this life is fragile. We know it's short. We know that all of us, uh, unless you come back, we're all going to die. And uh, And so, Lord, I pray for this brother, first of all, that he would have the hope of eternal life, that he would know you. And I pray that he would um, that he would know you, that he would be saved, Lord, and that he would be sure of his salvation. I love how your word says that we are to make our calling and election sure. So, Lord, I pray that this would have that effect in his life. And also for those of us around him, Lord, that it would have that effect in our life of helping us see our humanity and our mortality and making sure that we have put our faith in Jesus for the salvation of our souls. So I pray that first. But, Lord, I also pray... Uh, for you to do a work of healing and um, restoration in his life. Lord, I pray that this cancer would be gone, that it would go away, that you would touch him and heal him by your grace, show your kingdom, and, and or show him mercy. Lord, I pray that your, your kingdom would be manifest in his life and that we would see a healing take place in his life, Lord, that uh, this cancer is rapid and as aggressive as it may be, Lord, I pray that you would remove it, Lord, that he would be healed. And we also pray, Lord, that you would give wisdom to the doctors, that the medicines would have their effect, Lord. Ultimately, you are the only one who can make these things happen. So we put this in your hands, and we ask, Lord, for your will to be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. God bless you, Laverne. And, and uh, okay. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. This is a show that you can call in with questions that you have about the Bible, things that have come up in your Bible reading or prayer requests or, or maybe something going on in your life that you would like advice about. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to uh, Brita in Colorado Springs on line two. Hi, welcome to the program. Hi, so I have a question. Um, I noticed that a lot of translations, when we, when we kind of dig apart the Bible, we look at Greek translations, and I was curious why we choose to look at the Greek translation as opposed to Jewish translation, which, because uh, Jesus was a Jew, so why don't we look at the Jewish translation? Yeah, that's because the New Testament was actually written in Greek. Um, it was originally written in Greek. And there's uh, a lot of reasons for that. So the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. So mm-hmm. um, so when we read the Old Testament, we are looking, hopefully, at the Hebrew text. Now, here's what happened is that because Greek, you know, became the what we call the lingua franca of the world at that time. And a lot of the reason for that is historical. I mean, you have a guy uh-huh. like Alexander the Great who took over the world all the way up over into Asia, um, uh-huh. you know, before the birth of Jesus. And after that, you had this, you know, great spreading of Greek culture 
and it, you could call it even like a cultural imperialism in a way. And so okay. what happened was that they came in and they tried to create this um, empire, and they did create an empire. And in that, within that empire, uh, they tried to you know implement the fact that people would all speak Greek, and they thought that if they spoke Greek, you know that would help trade, it would help education, it would just help people get along, and um, and in many ways it did, you know. And and so what happened is after Alexander the Great. Uh, the Roman Empire later came, and the Roman Empire took over a lot of that area. So at the time of Jesus' birth, the Roman Empire was ruling uh, the area which is Israel. So they were ruling over it, and they had kind of put a governor in place. That's who Herod was. He was a governor, but he was like a puppet of the Roman government who ultimately ruled over the area. And, um, you know, the Roman government allowed kind of a diversity of language. So they allowed people to, you know, speak Hebrew and learn in Hebrew and work in Hebrew. But mm -hmm. the majority language of the empire, especially the Eastern Empire, was mm -hmm. Greek. And so wow. it was really helpful if you could speak Greek. Because to speak Greek, you know, you would um, you would be able to move around. It, you know, it's kind of a lot like how English functions in the world today. If you can speak English, you can kind of go anywhere in the world and find other people who speak English and just makes trade and everything so much easier. So right. that's why. And so then a lot of the Bible writers, now you can understand, there were there was kind of a division, you know, they, they called them Hellenized uh, Jews and, you know, Hebraic Jews. So the Hellenized okay. Jews were Jewish in religion, but... They, they like culturally they were Greek so they spoke Greek at home they okay. uh, did Greek things you know they're still Jewish in their religion but then there were the old school Jews you know the ones who refused to do that and they would be like we're gonna wear the old style clothes we're gonna you know speak the old language and so uh -huh. you see a lot of that problem actually come up in the book of Acts where you had like in Acts chapter 6 there was a disagreement between the Hellenistic Jews uh, and the Hebraic Jews about the feeding of the widows. They felt that the the Greek-speaking widows were given preference over the the Hebrew-speaking widows. That all that does is just highlights for us the division that existed in their culture. Now, right. why why was the Bible written in Greek and why wasn't it written in Hebrew, uh, the New Testament at least? And the reason is because you know you can imagine if Jesus gave you a charge to go out into all the world and tell everybody about him and to spread the good news of who he was and what he did on the cross and how he rose from the dead. Well, if you wrote it in Hebrew, you know, that would greatly limit the number of people who could actually read it. And then it would have to be translated out of Hebrew into other languages for other people to read. Whereas if you wrote it in Greek, uh, then, well, I mean, it, you know, you could distribute it to so many more people in such a much broader way. Uh, geographic area that makes well, sense one thing that's interesting is that when you come to like um john like first john for example that epistle it would seem that like for john he was a jewish person who had learned to speak greek as a second language now i just know because when i was in seminary and i studied greek you know we start with first john because first john is written in the most simple greek you know, that like uh -huh. you can actually you can know some basics of Greek and you can actually read it and it and it makes sense because he clearly this was probably not his first language. But then he writes in this language just so that even Jewish people who don't speak Hebrew already at that time would be able to read it. OK. 
Well, that makes a lot more sense. Thank you for clearing that up for me. I've wondered that for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my pleasure. All right, thanks for calling in. Thanks, God bye-bye. bless you. All right, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air. You know, just to follow up on that last question about why was the Bible written in Greek when Jesus was Jewish, um, so a lot of times now in a lot of our translations, translations will use uh, the Old Testament, what's called the Septuagint. And the Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. And a lot of people in Jesus's time, even a lot of Christians, even some of Jesus' followers seem to have used the Septuagint as their Old Testament. And so on some translations of the Bible, uh, the Bible ended up being translated from the Septuagint, uh, which is the Greek Old Testament, which is a translation of the Hebrew. So you're getting a translation of a translation. So a lot of modern translations, newest translations that are coming out, like for example, I use the ESV translation when I teach, and that is going off of the Hebrew documents that we have for the Old Testament. And we have more and more of those nowadays than we used to, especially since um, the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls uh, in the 20th century. So let's go to line one. We've got Susan in Wiggins, Colorado. Hi, Susan. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. What's up? Well, I have prayer requests for my brother. He lost his wife uh, a month ago, but now he's dealing with uh, shingles really bad. And okay. uh, he's in a lot of pain. I was just wondering if we could have some extra prayer if that would be possible. Yeah, absolutely. You know, with so many people listening, I think that's a great thing that we can pray on the air like this. And so many people around this area and in and, uh, and different areas can agree in prayer and ask the Lord to do that. So let's pray for him. Right. And it was your brother, is that right? I just want to remember yeah, who's. brother. Okay. Heavenly Father, we pray for Susan's brother. We thank you for calling in and, and she's believing and trusting in you and believing that you hear prayer. So Lord, we pray for Susan's brother. He just lost his wife. Lord, we pray that you'd be with him, that your spirit would comfort him. Lord, in his loneliness, that you would be his companion, that you would draw near to him, and you'd spark other people to come around him and support him in this time in your name. Lord, we also pray for him as he's struggling with shingles. I'm sure the stress of losing his wife isn't helping that. So, Lord, we ask for relief and we ask for healing. And Lord, we just ask for your presence to be with him in a way that he can feel and sense. And that would bring him so much comfort. And Lord, thank you for Susan. We pray just together in Jesus' name as those listening to this show. And, and we pray that again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You bet. God bless you. Thank you. You're listening to Calvary Live. We're coming up on the end of our program in just a few minutes. But I think we've got time for one more call. Let's take David in Commerce City, Colorado. Hi, David. How's it going, Pastor? Doing well. What's up? Uh, I know that the show's almost over, so I'll try to be quick with my question, but I know the Bible says in uh, Ephesians that we're saved by grace through our uh, through our faith. So I had a question on Mark chapter 2, um, where where the four men, they carry their paralytic friend, and they, they raise him down from the roof to Jesus to heal them, and Jesus tells them that um, by their faith, by, by the men's faith, um, the, the paralytic sins are forgiven, and then he gives them his ability to walk again. Mm-hmm. Um, is it possible for, for others to be saved through someone else's faith? 
No, I don't believe it's possible to be saved by someone else's faith. Um, I think that is something that you can't delegate. You can't uh, pass that off on someone else. You can't, you know, I think the Bible's really clear about that one. Like you quoted Ephesians, that's a great one. I would, I would go back also to Deuteronomy. I mentioned this on the program last week, that the whole point of the book of Deuteronomy is that you had this generation that grew up, you know, seeing God do these amazing miracles and having this relationship where they followed God and they trusted him daily to provide manna from heaven, you know, and they followed the cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night and they got the Ten Commandments and they saw the fire on the mountain you know, and you think, well, it's probably pretty easy for them to believe. What about their kids, though? So then that's what you have in Deuteronomy is the speech that Moses gave to the kids once the older generation died off. And the whole point of the book is to say your parents might have had faith, but your parents' faith isn't enough. You have to have your own faith. And so, um, you know, I think there's a degree to which the faith of uh, other people, God uses that to to heal people and you can see this in other places of the bible too you know it, it, it's important that somebody have faith faith is the way that it's the currency in which god works so to say and uh but i don't believe that you can be saved at all by someone else's faith so we're coming up on the last minute of the show so i appreciate the question uh i'm gonna let you go but thank you for calling in god bless you you're listening to Calvary Live. We are in the last minute of our show. I want to thank you for tuning in today. Again, my name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I get to host this show every uh, Monday from 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time. So I'll be with you again next week at uh, 4 p.m. Mountain Time again. And uh, you can tune in, though, every day of the week, every weekday. Calvary Live is on from 4 to 5, and you can call in with your questions. We have a whole team of, of pastors taking those questions. So I will be with you next week. God bless you, and have a great evening. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.